Welcome to the Wild and Well-Fed podcast, where we discuss women's health beyond nutrition. Get ready for practical, sustainable, real-life health topics that will help bring you closer to nature and your feminine roots. This is your host, Laura Lyons, and I'm here with my co-host, Annika Nicole. Let's get wildly nourished. The Wild and Well-Fed podcast is not medical advice, diagnosis, or prescription. No information in this podcast should be considered as medical advice or treated as such. Please consult your doctor before implementing any nutritional, supplemental, or lifestyle changes. Welcome back to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Wild and Well-Fed Podcast. During this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Annika on her health history and her health story. So a lot of the time, you'll see people make a career out of their own past struggles, and that definitely holds true for the both of us. We became nutritionists after seeing improvements in our own symptoms and our own lives with nutrition. So we made a lot of mistakes on our healing journeys, and we're going to be going in great detail on that in both of our in both of these episodes on Annika's story today, and then uh, I also have an episode on my story coming next. So yeah, let's dive in. Uh, we're going to go way, way back. So Annika, how was your childhood and eating habits growing up? Whenever I've been asked this question or tell my story, I always say I grew up eating the standard American diet, but I really didn't. My mom cooked a lot when we were younger until she started to have problems and couldn't keep cooking. So my foundation wasn't as bad as some where I was raised on like a ton of processed foods. But the thing is, in like any 90s or 80s kid is going to relate to this. We used vegetable oil in everything, right? Like that was the oil we used. So I don't know how great... <laughs> the food even was. I'm like, well, yeah, it was home cooked, but it was all seed oil home cooked. So I really don't know if eating at home made that much of a difference at that point. But um, my dad was an OG conspiracy theorist. And so we never drank tap water. We started eating organic, all that stuff. But medically, we were very conventional. So I got all my shots, doctor's appointments, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I grew up not realizing I had that much going on health-wise, but looking back, I definitely had some concerning things. Number one is I was hospitalized for constipation three times in my life, sixth grade, junior year of high school, and senior year of high school. And each time I would go in thinking it was an appendicitis. <laughs> And my parents and my brother actually call the first one a thousand dollar poop because I went in thinking I had an appendicitis. My pediatrician said I did. So we went to Children's Hospital. And after we were admitted for like two or three hours, I was like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And then miraculously, my appendicitis pain went away. So, um, I had three of those episodes, but I never, it never clicked. It was never like, oh, I have like a problem here. I should probably do something about that. And then I was all, another key part of my health history is that I was vegetarian basically from fifth to seventh grade and then no red meat until 11th grade. So fifth to 11th grade with no red meat and lots of soy products that probably did not 
help me whatsoever. And then I started having debilitating period cramps starting with my very first period. Every period got worse and I like bled through my pants in high school all the time, had to leave high school to go home because my cramps were so bad, pounded my doll, all of those things. And then I also, one really interesting part of my story is I was vaccine injured by the DTAP and flu shot in seventh grade. And I got all of these massive welts all over the bottom of my feet. I was hospitalized. They said it was a medical mystery. And it wasn't until a few years later that we put together like the correlation of what had happened. Um, And so I've always had terrible, terrible reactions to any vaccine I've ever had. And um, I think that definitely impacted my health a lot as a kid. The, the soy and then all of a sudden having debilitating cramps. Shocker. <laughs> oh, oh I wonder why. Crazy. <laughs> right? It probably um, had to so, do yeah. something with the, had to do with the uh, constipation issues as well. Oh, oh 100, there was no estrogen leaving your body. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> oh, man. So what was the first time you realized that you were unwell? Like what is your first memory? Yeah. So like I said, I probably should have noticed when I was hospitalized for the third time for constipation, but it just, it never put it together. So literally the first time was when I lost my period from the keto diet and intermittent fasting in 2017. So I was 22, I think when that happened. Um, And I would literally cry on my commute to and from work because I knew I had to eat more in order to fix, in order to get my period back and fix it. And I just didn't want to because I didn't want to have to gain Mm. weight. But that was the first indication. Like I just thought, you know, girls had bad periods, didn't think anything of the hospital trips. Like I just, none of it even registered. That was the first time I ever realized like, okay, something's wrong with Mm. me right now. I should be getting my period. Totally. Uh, So when did it click that food was likely the culprit of your symptoms and how did you start your healing journey? Like what mistakes did you make? I would say that is when I started realizing food and how I ate could impact my body that much when I lost my period um, from keto and intermittent fasting. But that started the first wave of our healing journey that we both went on, where we went like paleo and AIP Mm -hmm. and low FODMAP and all of that stuff. So That was wave one where I thought I was healing, but I was just making my symptoms exponentially worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And then really when I actually started healing was 2020 when I found pro-metabolic real food diet, whatever we want to call it. But we both have a background of like orthorexia, like borderline eating disorders, under eating, over exercising, you know, all the things. So can you tell a little bit of your story around that? Yes. So probably like most girls, I started getting self-conscious of my weight in high school. Actually, I think a lot of girls are getting self-conscious in like elementary and even Mm -hmm. in middle school now. But for me, it was high school. And so I started dieting senior year of high school. And that's what started me on this whole thing. And I went through every diet and way of eating you could think. So I did, of course, started with low carb because that's what everyone starts with and then did low calorie keto fasting one meal a day plant-based paleo like I mentioned before (laughs) all of those fun lovely things um and so 
the reason I was doing all of this was just to be as skinny as possible. Like that's all I wanted. I wanted to be skinny. Remember when that was popular? Like you didn't care about muscle tone. You didn't care about being strong or looking fit or being able to do things. You Mm -hmm. just wanted to be skinny. I, it's so crazy to think that that was such, such a popular look, like starving yourself. It was a, I mean, it was kind of a nineties, early, really look. Yeah. And it stuck around for a while for sure. It did. But yeah, I would I would really say that at one point I was pretty much fully anorexic. I was eating one meal a day of chicken, Ooh. broccoli, and butter. Like I would literally just pound butter because I wanted to stay in ketosis. <laughs> and that was my one meal. I would not eat all day. I was working my corporate job. I would not eat one thing all day until I got home. I would eat chicken, butter, and broccoli and then just lay on the couch until I had to go to bed. And do it again because I obviously had no energy to do anything. So I would say it was a pretty full on eating disorder. And one thing that always bothered me so much about that is in college, I told my mom on the phone, I was like, I think I have an eating disorder. And that's when I was binge eating. I was doing a lot of binging and um, restricting. Mm -hmm. I was in one of those cycles where I would barely eat all week and then have cheat day Friday where I would consume like 5,000 calories and Mm -hmm. basically feel like I was going to die. So I told my mom, I was like, I have an eating disorder. And she was like, no, I don't think so. Because mm-hmm. to our moms, like you're the only type is anorexia or bulimia, right? But that totally yeah. was an eating disorder or disordered eating behavior that wasn't recognized. So I think probably most every woman that's in their 20s has had an eating disorder, oh, 20s or 30s, 100%. any of us in this yeah. age group. Even if it's not recognized as that. Um, We've all had very disordered um, thinking and habits around food, most of it coming from our mothers, you know, seeing our mothers dieting. 100%. And then them encouraging it in us. My mom was a huge encourager of my dieting, really until she saw how damaging it started to be. So- yeah, same, yeah. same. They, I mean, that very encouraging, you know, to help if you, you're losing weight and they're the first ones to tell you, oh, you look great, you know, like always commenting on your body, yes, you know, but only when it looked good. And that's yes. how I knew mm-hmm. when I would go through these cycles of like massive binging and restricting and trying new diets, I knew I was gaining weight when my mom would stop complimenting me. And that yeah. is so yeah. damaging. And that's why I try so in my own life and for my future daughters, I will never compliment them based off of the status of their weight. It's always going to be like, yeah. you look beautiful. You look glowing. You look healthy. You look happy. That kind you, of thing. You remember it. I remember every single time that I was complimented or not complimented on the way that I looked. I remember every single time. Every single one. One lady at my corporate office when I was doing the one meal a day thing told me that I looked like I needed to eat a hamburger. And that was like the biggest compliment to me I had ever gotten in my life. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm finally that girl that needs to eat a hamburger. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had... It's, I have literally like, I I have like a file in my head of like every single instance of somebody complimenting me or telling me otherwise, you know? And I remember, um, I was working in Chicago and obviously we're going to get into my story. Yeah. We're going to, we'll get into my story. Yeah. I have a few different stories. So this one is about the compliment that I got. There was a French woman that was on my like 
team, my project managing team. And we ran into each other in the bathroom and she had little did she know that I just downed an entire, um, (laughs) yeah, an entire muffin in there (laughs) because I was so hungry and dying. Yeah. It was like, it was a cupcake and I had saw it in the, you know, like no, the little area where you have like a common area. Yeah. And they had some left from some party that they had. And I literally went in, I was just like having like this battle in my head, like I want that so bad. I want that so bad. And I grabbed it and I put it in napkins and I went into the bathroom and downed <laughs> that it. Is so in the sad. in on the toilet, like just eating that a cupcake. So Tell sad. me that's not an eating disorder, right? Yes. Um so we'll get into some of that in my with my story, but I just remember her walking in literally right after I had done that. And she was like, oh, what are you doing? You look like a completely different person. Are you like biking a lot, walking a lot? What are, what are you doing? What's your secret? And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like- so then they're complimenting your eating disorder. Yes, basically. And so, you know, I'm like riding high thinking, wow. But then another part of me was also like, but I look so much different. Like, did I really look that bad right. before? You know? Yes. And then you're like, wow, I must have looked horrible before. Yes. Yes. So obviously I'll get into a lot of this with my story, but, um, but yeah, the, you will remember all of that. So you, be being very careful about how you talk to your daughters and your friends, you have to be really careful about what you say because they will remember all of that at a young age. So, yeah. Any Anyone that you talk to, just why does weight need to be brought into the equation of a compliment? Unless yeah. they are like they've been morbidly obese and they're getting their life together in a good, healthy, sustainable yes. way and you know that, yes. then sure. But I would never in a million years ever say to anyone a compliment based off of their weight. It's so detrimental. Yeah. Uh, just an average person, it doesn't make sense. You know, obviously, again, if it's somebody that's like really getting their shit together and like they're, you know, changing their life and, you know, they're losing weight because of that, that's a whole different situation. Uh, but yeah, I'll get more into all of that in my <laughs> my story. Um, but you mentioned the whole keto thing, eating like one meal a day. Um, but what would you say finally healed you? Like what pulled the trigger? When did you feel most like at home in your body finally? Yeah. So like I was mentioning earlier, I was doing that wave one of my healing journey where I was doing plant-based and keto and paleo and all of that. And because of that dieting, I contracted every single ailment you could imagine, like thyroid-ish, hypothyroid, SIBO, candida, my endometriosis and estrogen dominance got so much worse. I mean, I thought I was healing, which is crazy. My skin got terrible. Like it was crazy to think that I thought I was doing the right thing, but I did. I really did. And with the information that was out there at the time, who could really blame me? I mean, we all did. We all went through this. Obviously, we're going to talk about your story next, but this is not just like unique to me. We all thought (laughs) we were doing the right thing. So Mm -hmm. late 2020, Mid, mid to late 2020, I found ProMetabolic, whatever, on, um, I found it and I immediately started implementing the principles. I was like, whatever I'm doing is not working. Clearly, I'm the puffiest I've ever been. I go days and days without going to the bathroom. I have SIBO. I have Candida. I can't eat anything without feeling like a, like a bloated beached whale. Like, mm-hmm. 
And so when I found ProMetabolic, it was the complete opposite of everything I'd ever learned ever. But I was like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? So I was like, this is it. This makes so much sense, which I can be fairly hard-headed. So I'm surprised I came around to it so quickly, especially from coming from basically keto when I found it because it's the opposite, like the complete opposite of keto. So I immediately started implementing the principles. But what I want to really focus on, what I want people to hear out of this is that I started implementing the principles slowly. Mm -hmm. So here's an example. When I found out about ProMetabolic, one of, of course, the biggest first things you find out about is jealous and gummies, right? Like that's just this part of it. So when I started making gelatin gummies, I would make them with just fruit juice, no sweetener. And I would have like one little piece a day. And I worked my way up. I'm not saying you have to be that slow, but I think that that's really what helped me not swing from one extreme to the other. Like we talked about in the last episode and just picking and choosing the principles I wanted. And I had a very steady transition and I immediately, immediately started noticing results. And so I did go really slow, but within the first six months, my boobs after I ovulated used to just get rock hard and like fibrocystic lumps and would literally be so sore. I'd have to hold them. And I have tiny boobs. I have like a size. I'd have to like (laughs) hold them to walk down the stairs because they hurt so bad. And that just, it just went away. And then I started going to the bathroom more naturally and my period started getting better and I had had severe hair loss that started growing back in. So all of these things just started to fall into place and it was like, well, I'm not even trying to make this specific thing happen. It's just happening. And again, that's why we look at the body as a whole instead of parts because all I was doing was addressing the whole and all these parts that I thought I'd have to individually work on were just falling into place. And that's what the biggest takeaway was for me was that there's not an individual cure for each thing I dealt with. I didn't have to address my endometriosis over here and my estrogen dominance over here and my SIBO here, candida here and constipation here and hair loss. It was just all under the same umbrella of getting your metabolism back up and running and replenishing minerals and eating the right things that your body can digest and absorb. I mean, I had been on the low FODMAP diet up until I found this and I just stopped doing it and I just got better. (laughs) I mean, I know there can be a time to do SIBO and candida protocols, which is why if I could do it again, I would have taken rewild your gut. Obviously rewild your gut wasn't out yet, but Mm -hmm. I just started getting better like effortlessly. And I'm not saying things just improved in every way overnight immediately. And I've been living my best life ever since, but it was pretty crazy how quickly I started to notice positive changes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, obviously you kind of just said it right there, but you know, we know healing doesn't just like stop, you know, it's not definitely a continuous journey. So what would you say you still struggle with to this day? If there is any, yeah, my biggest struggle is, is my skin. So It is literally a million times better. I'm super happy with how it looks right now. If I get stressed or something goes wrong, it is the first thing to flare up. And I want everyone to know that everyone's going to have their thing, right? So that is mine. Laura will get really bad headaches if something goes off for her. Everyone has their thing. 
that they're t- they ha- they're prone towards a tendency towards. Now you shouldn't have that all the time. Laura shouldn't live with migraines, and I shouldn't live with acne. But when if I were to get severely stressed out or do something that upset my body really badly, acne would be the first thing that would start to come back. So I wouldn't say it's like my skin is just crystal clear and I go out with out makeup all the time. But it has gotten so much better, and it does continue to improve even over a year. Plus a year and a half after really clearing it the first time. Yeah, no, that's I'll probably talk about that a little bit on mine. But yeah, we all have our tendencies. And yours is just, you know, yours is the skin, the skin piece, you know, for me, if I'm stressed out, or if I did something really stupid that my body didn't like, you know, if my environment just wasn't up to par, then yeah, a headache is usually the first sign that ooh, okay, you got to chill, you know, there's something going on, you know, Um, and digestive issues usually too. And you have a you can, you know, you get the digestive stuff sometimes. I forgot about yeah. 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 But, but yeah, you, it's just your body speaking to you. You kind yes. of start to recognize these things over time um, as just being like, oh, okay. Like that's my body responding to something. It's not something to freak out about. Like, you know, you're not going to start having chronic issues, but you know, it's just your body speaking to you and you usually just have a way that your body speaks yeah, to you. Yeah. And it's so, like we yeah. said, it's different for everyone. And one thing that's really interesting is that it's always been skin issues for me. Always. It's been always rashes, some sort of psoriasis or eczema or some sort of a skin Mm -hmm. issue. And so when I got older, it became acne. And of course, I freaking hate that. Like I sometimes wish it was something else because acne is so frustrating, especially when you're like in your late 20s and you're a female. But I mean, it's frustrating for anyone, but it's always been skin. So it's not really a huge mystery that that's how my body shows that something is out of whack. Totally. Yeah. I mean, same with me. And you'll hear it in my story that I I had headaches and digestive issues literally from the age of five. You know, it's just something that I've always dealt with. So, of course, they are basically near like non-existent now as I've gotten older and I've been, you know, really supporting my body in an appropriate way. But um, but yeah, those types of things can always come back when your body just feels a little bit out of balance. A hundred percent. Yep. So when did you start to realize that your traumas and lifestyle were likely contributing to your symptoms? Um, This usually comes way after the nutrition portion. Mm -hmm. We usually like to focus on the nutrition Mm -hmm. and then it's just a gateway into other internal work. Yes, absolutely. So for those who don't know, I did go through a divorce over the last two years. Um, And we're actually going to talk. I'm probably going to share my story. I have not shared my actual story, but we are doing a season on relationships. So probably we'll share a bit more of my story on that season. But yeah, in June of 2021, I left my husband of almost three years and that started a year and a half long separation and divorce process. So you want to talk about extreme stress. Divorce is listed as one of the top stressors that you can ever go through. It's kind of up there with like death of a family member, friend. Um, It's just insanely stressful. So my skin got (laughs) so it, it was the first to show you know, like I just mentioned during stress, it was the first to show my body was rocked in every single way, everything. It was hard to eat because emotional stress is 
one of the stressors that takes away appetite instead of increases appetite. Started getting stomach issues because my stomach would drop every time I'd have communication with my ex and I would literally have immediate diarrhea. So I got so familiar with how your emotional environment impacts your your body. And before that, it's kind of easy to be like, eh, eh, maybe. But when you have a correlation that strong every time, it's you can't you can no longer ignore that your environment, your stress load, your relationships, your lifestyle directly impact your health. So yeah, that was a really <laughs> really tough thing for me. I became like a hermit because I moved back in with my parents and I just never left. And yeah, it was, it was a lot on my body. The best thing that came out of that time was getting to create my business and work with Laura. And what I learned just through all of this is that in order to heal, you have to have the nutritional foundations in place like we teach, but health, happiness, environment, relationships, like I just said, is it's, so much more powerful than having perfect, rigid nutrition. And I actually found out that being so perfect and so rigid with everything I put in my body was creating like this obsession. And it was just, it was too much. It was not allowing for any room for like happiness or living life in my life at all. So what I really came to realize out of that experience is that we're never going to attain perfect health in this lifetime. It's just not going to happen. So doing your best while still living and loving life is the most important thing you can do in my opinion. And it also taught me how insanely important relationships are, like who you surround yourself with, who you live with, who you marry, who you choose to be your best friends, who you do life with matters pretty much more than anything else, I would say. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll talk more about that with the relationships yes. uh, season episode that we're going to do. So, But yeah, looking back, what would you say over all of these years were the biggest things you dealt with or experienced, like all the diagnoses, all the symptoms, just so that our listens, listeners can hear and maybe resonate with all of the things that you've been yeah, through? Yeah, Laura and I have this joke that the only ailment combined that we haven't dealt with between the two, one of us is PCOS. <laughs> Yeah, literally. Other than that, we've covered everything. So yeah, eating disorder, like I would say closest to anorexia or orthorexia or combination of both. I am diagnosed with endometriosis and did have surgery to remove it. Spoiler alert, it did not help. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, Severe estrogen dominance, like I described above, extreme period pain, horrible PMS, cramps, sore breasts, fibrocystic breasts, the whole nine yards, acne, which has been the worst and the hardest probably out of them all, hair loss. I've had three periods of severe hair loss, amenorrhea, like I talked about with keto losing my period, weight gain and inflammation, just literally looking like just so puffy and having like moon face from hypothyroid. Um, So hypothyroid, And then every digestive issue you could ever think of, SIBO, candida, constipation, diarrhea, bloating, horrendous gas, which probably everyone that did paleo can relate to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. From all the Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and broccoli and kale. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, and my story, we'll be talking about my uh, my obsession with gas X. So oh, that's going to yes. be an interesting yep. one. Uh, yep. <laughs> but yeah, so 
there's Annika's story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and yeah, on the next episode, I'm going to be telling mine. So tune in. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Wild and Well-Fed podcast. On the last episode of each season, we'll answer listener questions. If you have a question for us, please email it to us at wildwellfed at gmail.com for a chance to have your questions answered. If you like this episode, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you again next time.